coming at you with a Wrestlemania preview, but not the conventional Wrestlemania preview. In fact, I will not talk about a single WWE event. I will spend the next hour or so, hopefully less than that, but we'll find out, um, talking about all of the non-WWE events that are going to be going on in Dallas this coming week, and run through like what I think is can't miss, what I think you should go out of your way to see what I think might shock people, what I think might suck. Uh, there's a couple of different things that I can have opinions on, but um, we're going to go through it all, and I will give you guys my best attempt at making sure we don't miss anything that is not WWE this coming week. So, first and foremost, why is this a topic that I give a shit about? Well, I've been to seven WrestleManias myself. 2013, I went down to New York. Um, as part of that WrestleMania... That was when they first really started to get a little bit of independent wrestling flavor going alongside the WWE shows. At that time, you know, we went to ROH at um, Hammerstein Ballroom, saw guys like Adam Cole, Kevin Steen. Then over at WrestleCon was the first time WrestleCon really went down, and they put together a couple of different promotions. Evolve, Dragon Gate USA, Chikara, CZW. And they brought in some of the best of the best of the future future stars of wrestling. Some people you saw at that show, or those shows, I should say, Shingo Takagi, Johnny Gargano, Ricochet, Yuha Nation, who's now known as Apollo Crews, the Young Bucks, Tommy End, the list goes on and on. 2013 was the first year that things really started to get a little bit a little bit crazier in regards to indies and everything. 2014, it went to the next level. That was in New Orleans. Evolve ran four or five shows. WrestleCon ran their first super show when they kind of started to put together like a dream card and dream matches that you might not be able to get elsewhere. ROH kept rocking. You know, Cole, Steen, they were still there. The Briscoes were still there. Matt Hardy was there at that point. Um, I remember they ran a really cool ladder match. Um, you know, Kevin Steen was involved in the primary storyline at the time, which obviously is now known as Kevin Owens. And also at the WrestleCon Super Show that year, Masato Tanaka was in town. He wrestled Steen, actually. And Evolve, you had guys like Hiro, Gargano, Ricochet, um, Trent Beretta. You know, things were really starting to move towards, you know, the guys you might see in NXT in future years. 2015, that was in San Jose. ROH was filled with Samoa Joe. He actually main evented the show against Jay Briscoe, who was the champion at the time. Jushin Thunder Liger was in town. Liger worked ROH. He also worked WrestleCon in like a crazy six-man with Ricochet, Tommaso Ciampa. Then there was like a crazy ten-man match, like Survivor Series rules with the Dudleys. Um, in Evolve, Drew McIntyre worked. He actually opened a show that I went to against Yuha Nation, the now Apollo Crews. Tommy N was in town, Ethan Page was there, 
RVD and Sabu main evented the WrestleCon Super Show against the Hardys. Everything was really just getting bigger and bigger by the year. 2016. Now we are back. We're actually in Dallas. Um, Evolve actually had Kota Ibushi in town. Still had Gargano. Still had Ricochet. The WrestleCon Super Show actually opened with Marty Skrull against Will Ospreay. Um, Pentagon wrestled Sammy Callahan on that show as well. ROH had the Young Bucks versus the Motor City Machine Guns. Adam Cole was still there. War Machine was in town. The That year, everything was, was together with WrestleCon. ROH and WrestleCon were under the same roof. Evolve was a little bit down the road. And this is where you started to see more, like, Jim Ross at a show. Um, there might have been, like, Wally Mania that year. Everything was really starting to come up to be, you know, if you were who's, uh, somebody in wrestling, you were running something Mania Weekend. 2017, Orlando. Things really took off. Evolve was sharing a building with GCW. Beyond Wrestling. Uh, CZW, I think, was there at the time. There was... That was the first year that GCW really took off, and they started. They ran their first Joey Janela Spring Break. Um, which was headlined by Janela against Marty Jannetty. Other matches on that show were uh, Leo Rush against Keith Lee. There was just a whole lot of like weird matches that were going on there, but it was like dream matches. You know, you weren't seeing these matches other anywhere but Mania Weekend. That WrestleCon show had Bobby Lashley on it, had Jeff Cobb on it, Ricochet, Drew McIntyre. These were guys, Sammy Guevara. These were guys that. Drew McIntyre literally showed up at NXT that same weekend and was back with WWE the week later. So, Keith Lee really made up his first showing in 2017. Donovan Dijak blew up. The biggest match that Evolve held, as far as what people are going to remember, Darby Allin and Ethan Page had an insane ladder match that people still talk about this day as one of the craziest indie matches in a long time. And also, Matt Riddle was really starting to blow up as far as that, that went. In fact, I think he won an Evolve title that was just released out that weekend. So, ROH, they ran the Hardys against the Bucks. <laughs> they ran, Hangman was there. Cody was making, he wrestled a bull rope match with Jay Lethal. Will Ospreay worked that show. Things were just nuts. I mean, you would go on a trip to Mania. You didn't even care about WWE at this point. You were still seeing the best wrestling that was going on in the U.S. every year. 2018. 2018, we in New Orleans. This was the year that I think we kind of hit the apex of the most events going on in one weekend. What's cool about New Orleans and Armenia is that you're able to walk to the stadium from pretty much anywhere you stay in New Orleans. Evolve, GCW, Beyond, companies like that, Shimmer, they worked a, I don't even know how a convention hall will say, maybe 25 minutes away from New Orleans proper. That Those shows had... Um, Walter, Riddle, Minoru Suzuki, Will Ospreay, MJF, Daisuke Sakamoto. The WrestleCon Super Show was main evented by Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi versus Chuck Taylor and Flip Gordon. Hiroshi Tanahashi was in town. Ishii was in town for the first time. Meanwhile, ROH ran an arena, the Uno Arena. Um, I don't even know who plays there. Maybe one of those New Orleans colleges. Kenny Omega wrestled Cody. Dalton Castle was the champion. He defended against Marty Skrull. Kota Ibushi wrestled Hangman Page. Punishment, Mar Punishment Martinez, who is now better known as Damian Priest, was a big member of ROH at this time as well. Now 2019. 2019 was in New York City. This was when 
Mania weekend started to become a little bit too much work if you wanted to see everything you wanted to see. Will Ospreay wrestled Bandito in the WrestleCon Super Show. Masato Tanaka wrestled Eddie Kingston. Zack Sabre wrestled Swerve. This was all in Manhattan proper. Not a big deal. ROH was at MSG. That was when they ran the double show with New Japan. Okada main evented um, against Jay White, I think it was. Um, Muda was in a pre-show battle royal. Um, then down in Jersey, Jersey City, that's where GCW ran. Now this was Spring Break 3. Um, Spring Break 3 was a two-parter. MJF was there. Jungle Boy was there. Janela worked Marco Stunt. There were just so many different guys that were about to explode in the national landscape that really kind of had that takeoff point in New York City, or Jersey City, we'll say, that weekend. So now 2020. Things were going to get really crazy. There was going to be shows all over Tampa, pretty much walking distance to the stadium, Eber City, um, Tampa proper. If you name a corner, there was probably going to be a wrestling show at it. Obviously, COVID happened, took all of that away. We lost some matches like the first Suzuki versus Chris Dickinson match. We lost Shingo versus Chris Dickinson at WrestleCon. We lost um, Will Ospreay working probably Blake Christian at GCW. It might have even been like a three or four way. There was supposed to be an exploding ring match with Nick Gage and RSP that wasn't even announced yet. I do know that. So if you want to talk about that more, hit me up. 2021 kind of became the rebranded version of that year. They still ran the same place, but there wasn't as many promotions around. GCW took more promotions under their umbrella. And there was also no ROH that year either. So Nick Gage and RSP had their match this time, but it was a big, full-blown death match. That spring break was a good show last year, but it didn't really have the name power that, you know, spring breaks were used to. We were in the middle of a pandemic, guys. You know, it, it was tough for them to book a show, and especially with the Japanese influence that WrestleCon weekends had become. WrestleCon wasn't in Tampa last year. We weren't able to see those, like, worldwide dream matches last year because the people weren't available. You know, those wrestlers weren't able to even leave their country to come over here. So it became a lot more difficult for these dream matches to happen. But it was still a cool weekend. IWTV had a good weekend with like ICW, things of that nature. Um, Beyond ran a show. Um, there was uh, No Peace Underground. There were some good shows last year. But it wasn't as good as most WrestleCon, I mean, at Mania weekends were. Okay? Now, let's go through why we're really here. The 2022 WrestleMania week. Now, pulled some stats. First and foremost, 57 shows are booked in the Dallas-Fort Worth area over the next week. 51 wrestling shows, and this is all non-WWE, obviously. So, 57 total, 51 are full-blown wrestling shows. Six are miscellaneous events, we'll call them. That's like your podcast, things of that nature. There are, by my count, 384 wrestlers that are booked across all the 57 shows that there are set up this week. That is a bigger number than normal. I mean, I'm not going to go back and research the prior years, but I remember most of these years you've seen guys working 10, 11 matches, guys working 13 matches. This year, there's nobody advertised for anything more than eight, which that's Speedball Mike Bailey. So I think that you'll get a lot more variety. It definitely seems like there's a lot more uniqueness to these shows this year, as opposed to last year, when, you know, there might have been six guys that worked double-digit matches just because there wasn't as many talent options for people to choose from. You know, with COVID, you know, things were a lot more locked down. So, happily, 
here to run through all of this for you. So basically, the big there's a big 21 that we'll run through. I'm going to go in depth with those, so I'm going to leave those on the back burner for now. A couple of areas that we'll run through. There's There really is 18 different venues that are throughout the area that are running these 57 shows. Now, first and foremost, Saturday and Sunday, there are 10 shows in Arlington. It's like 15 minutes from the actual stadium, AT&T Stadium. They're running 10 different shows spread out among all different Texas promotions. It's called Texas Mania 3. These shows are for some promotions I know nothing about, so I'm not going to pretend that I do. DFW All-Pro, River City Wrestling, Inspire AD, Gulf Coast Wrestling Alliance, Texas All-Star Wrestling, New Texas Pro, VIP Wrestling. They're all at the St. Jude Hall in Arlington. Saturday, they run 9 a.m. all the way through to midnight post-mania. Sunday, they run noon all the way through to midnight post-mania. So there's some options there. You know, for the locals, they might check that out if they're not big WWE fans. That's what it's probably, you know, geared towards because it does seem like it's a lot of uh, localized wrestlers. Um, but with, you know, obviously, like, I think Matt Cardone is running one of these shows or working one of these shows, I should say. So there's other options that are going to be laid out there for them um, that might not be there other than a typical, like, Mania weekend, you know? Then there's some other shows that are really not connected into, like, these major conventions or major groupings of shows. There's one, there's five shows um, that are in Fort Worth, Texas, that is, you know, Insane Hardcore Wrestling, Iconic Heroes Wrestling Excellence, uh, Zello Pro, Texas Style Wrestling, Rampage Wrestling, this is something called This Is Manly. These are all shows that I know nothing about. I'm not going to pretend that I do. I looked at their rosters when I was counting, but I didn't, you know, go in depth there. Um, if you want to go in depth with them, by all means, have fun. Um, Re- Reality of Wrestling is Booker T's promotion. He's running three shows at in Irving at a place called South Junction. They're running Thursday night, and a six-man tag is the main event with RVD and Booker T on one team. And, like, Katie Forbes on the other card because she's obviously attached to RVD. The next day, they come back at 11 a.m. with the second installment of their show. It's called ROW, which is Reality of Wrestling, and WCPW, Texas Showdown, day one and day two. And then they come back on Sunday at 11 a.m. I'm sorry, Saturday at 11 a.m. And they do a Sherry Martell Women's Classic, which is a 16-woman tournament. So... That looks like it could be kind of fun, because there's some decent-sized names in there. Um, now, there's also a couple other shows that are tied to, you know, I, I would call them on the bigger scale, but there's not a lot of, you know, big info on them. Like, control your narrative. Um, I was speaking a little bit about that before. I'm not going to go too in-depth with control your narrative. Um, I don't really know much about what they're running. Now, this is EC3 and Braun Strowman, Adam Shear, whatever his name is now, whatever his real name is, I should say. That's a promotion I don't really want to give the time of day to because I'm I'm not real interested in how they're promoting things. If you want to research them, just check out a Reddit AMA that EC3 did last week. It's it's like comedy. I don't even know what they're trying to get it done. It's it's not going to last long. Then there's a promotion called No Peace Underground that does a collaborative show every Mania year with um, new, a company called New Fear City, and that's for a show that's called Murder Mania. That's going down Friday night in Dallas at a venue called Creators Don't Die. Looks like kind of like a dive bar, which fits the Murder Mania scene. They they do no ring deathmatch shows for the most part, but they'll bring in people that aren't normal deathmatch wrestlers because you can kind of work 
that style um, and kind of make it comedy. Like, Puff is wrestling Frank the Clown on this show. So, you don't ne- – I mean, you don't necessarily have to. I mean, trust me, I, I ran a show – twice called the rumble on the docks if, if you want to look that up in youtube it go right ahead um you can make these no ring shows funny and comedy at more than you know an actual death match but there'll be a mixture of both now we're going to run through 21 of these shows in full depth there's mlw there's ring of honor and then there's wrestlecon um those are going to be the the seven that are kind of you know i don't want to say running in the back burner because they are well-hyped shows but GCW and The Collective seem to be the shows that get the most internet buzz. They seem to be the ones that get talked about the most. Obviously, Ring of Honor has kind of a restart here with the Tony Khan era starting this coming Friday. But it's not, I don't know, the mat, The show's not as hyped up. It, sh- it almost should be because I feel like it's got a really good little card that they put together. But where we stand right now... Um, the collective and GCW shows are the ones that they kind of have the most equity to the WrestleMania crowd right now. Um, ROH always did, but what hurts ROH is they're 30 minutes out of town. So ROH is running Supercard of Honor on Friday night, 7 p.m. It is uh, Jonathan Gresham and Bandito in the main event. They will be unifying the two ROH titles. So a little history there if you didn't follow it. Bandito was the ROH champion heading into final battle. He was supposed to defend the title against Jonathan Gresham, who was just coming off a pretty in-depth um, Puro or Pure Puro uh, Pure Championship reign, which Pure is when they do you know rope breaks are allowed, but you only get like two or two or three a match. Um, you have to win by pinfall submission. It's it's more like mat-based wrestling. He came off a long reign with that, moved into this feud with Bandito, but Bandito had a health scare. I think it was a he was a close closely to somebody that had COVID. So he got pulled off of that show. And then they, they ended up doing Gresham and Lethal, which, incidentally enough, was a favor of Tony Khan to send Lethal back to ROH for this show. Gresham beat him, and then he became the new ROH champion with the old-school belt. But Bandito says that he's still a champion because he never lost it. So that's where this match is going to crown the undisputed Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. So it'll be interesting how this goes. It's an awesome clash of styles. Bandito's as good a high flyer as there is in the world. Gresham is as good a technical wrestler as there is in the world. So I'm really interested to see what type of match these two put together and how it's going to really mesh into, you know, being the main event of such a historic show. Supercard of Honor has always been, you know, before the, the indie boom in 2013, 2014, they were always running Mania Weekend. Now, this is probably their, I don't know, 12th year or so that they've had it. They've always kind of been infiltrated into the Mania weekend. Um, but what, like I said, what hurts them is they're 30 minutes out of town. It's going to be a tough draw for somebody that is going to everything in Dallas to hop in an Airbnb, hop into an Uber, or hop into a train or, or a cab or whatever to get 30 minutes out to head into their their show, which is in Garland, Texas, at the Curtis Colwell Center. I don't know, it's a cool show, it's probably worth going to, but a half hour to and from, you're going to miss something else while doing that, so it's it's a tough sell for a lot of people, and I don't think that their attendance is going to be as good as it would have been, maybe when they had more stacked cards back in the day. Now I see that, but they're also running out the first ever Briscoe's FTR match for the ROH tag titles. Now this was actually built up mostly on social media, but FTR did do a run-in 
to actually, it was post-match when the Briscoes won their match at Final Battle, to kind of set this up. They had a pull-apart brawl, um, and then, it, so it made a lot of sense for this ha- show to actually happen under an ROH, you know, umbrella. Uh, but now with Tony Khan in the fold, probably a lot easier to book this match than it would have been otherwise, so um, very excited to see this match. Um, I don't think it's going to be the last time you see these two teams go at it, but with it being under an ROH umbrella instead of it being the AEW umbrella and maybe being on like a cable show, you should be able to get more depth with it. You should be able to get a deeper, longer, you know, more creative match than you might get on cable. So I think it's a good place for them to have their first match. Other matches on this show, Josh Woods is going to defend his pure title, which he's the now, he's the one that beat Gresham. He's going to defend that title against Wheeler Yuta. Yuta's been getting kind of a mini push in AEW again. Um, we'll see if he ends up working with the Danielson-Moxley uh, stable with Regal. Uh, seems like they were kind of teasing that a couple weeks ago. But he will probably be somebody that will benefit from this ROH-AEW connection now because he probably fits that ROH feel a little bit more right now than he does the AEW. So we'll see where this match goes. If they switch the title here, it wouldn't surprise me. But Woods has been starting to work a little bit AEW dark, so... We'll see what happens with that. I think he's a really good wrestler, and I do think MLW like MLW AEW likes him. So we'll see where they end up going with this title. Then the other two matches that are advertised for this show are Alex Zane against Swerve, which is Swerve Strickland, who just you know has been getting kind of quick, small push to get going with AEW. So, I expect Swerve to win this one, but, you know, they'll let Zayn shine. Zayn was kind of slowly an ROH regular, um, you know, before he went to WWE. kind of had the cup of coffee in NXT. He's back. And then another match that I think will be really cool, uh, another two AEW contracted guys right now, Jay Lethal and Lee Moriarty. So, it should be a really good match. Moriarty's a stud. Um, Lethal has that ROH equity to him, so this will fit right into a typical ROH show. They, they put five good matches together, and, and there'll be more added. Um, I'm sure there might even be more announced by the time you guys hear this. But those are the five that were announced at the time I recorded, and I think that they have a pretty good start to having a good show. I'll definitely watch it from home. It's available on Honor Club, and, or, you know, you can pay 10 bucks to get it through Honor Club, or you can pay 30 bucks to get it one time. I don't know why you would pay 30 but you have that option. Now let's move on over to Gillies, which Gillies is going to be in downtown Dallas, they are running the two MLW shows. So MLW is going to be running at 7 p.m. on Thursday night for a show called Intimidation Games. That's a full-blown TV taping. So that one doesn't have much announced. I know the two matches that are announced for it right now are EJ Nduka and Calvin Tankman defending the MLW tag titles against Ares and Gino Medina. And then Alex Hammerstone in a singles match with uh, Richard Holiday. We'll see how those matches are. I mean, they'll probably do 15 matches on this being a TV taping. But, you know, I'm not a huge MLW guy. You guys have probably heard me if you listen to me on this on this network before. Um, but what I am excited about with them is their 2 p.m. show on Friday, which is a show that's called Azteca Underground. So if you're not following them, they are kind of doing a re- reboot of Lucha Underground. They do have, they do have Dario Cueto under their umbrella now so he's working for mlw as caesar duran where he is kind of doing the you know reboot of lucha underground under the name azteca underground okay so this show is actually called azteca underground so it's a tv taping their main event is a 
Jacob Fatu LA Park match. Now, this one's in a in a called Azteca Apocalypto. So um, this one's gonna be a pretty badass match. Fatu's awesome. LA Park is always entertaining. He does stupid shit all the time. So you know he's one of those guys that kind of cheats death a ton. Um, we'll see what kind of match they put together here, but their first match was awesome. So I definitely think this is gonna be one to check out. Other matches on this show of note. Um, Octacon Jr. is wrestling Matt Cross. Flamita is wrestling Bandito, which I think is a, is a cool little match. Those guys obviously are tied together to an extent, so they always work well together. And one I'm going to give a shout to, because I won't say this name again, is Enzo. Yes, Enzo Amore of WWE fame is wrestling Casey Navarro. He's kind of like an upstart guy from you know the indies now so a younger kid um, has a big name for himself at warrior wrestling in chicago so we'll see what happens with that match i think that'll be a good little mesh of you know enzo with someone younger see if he can keep up still so there's a ton more on that show it's mostly a tv taping uh but we'll see how everything you know pans out there i think they'll do pretty well for themselves mlw has run battle ride in the past mania weekends in new york um but they've they've seemed to have a bit of a connection to mania weekends for a while like back the mlw guys you know always helped with wally mania did their podcast before they you know kind of dropped on a podcast and they do mlw um we'll see you know i think that they they don't have a, a stranglehold on the, the wrestling business like they should at this point um they're kind of in a position where they could offer some people contracts but they don't really do it in a way that i think is going to make a lot of people go and sign for them they kind of get your enzos guys like that that you know might not have options elsewhere um, we'll see um, if MLW can finally turn a corner at some point this year. This would be a good place to start, though, with some added eyeballs on you at Mania Weekend. Now, let's head on over to WrestleCon. Now, at WrestleCon, there are going to be basically six unique shows. Um, Impact is technically running two shows. I'll get into that here in a second. But starting on Thursday at 5 p.m., they've got AAA Invades WrestleCon. So it's mostly a AAA show. There is a there is some American guys that are built into this this card, but your main event's going to be Psycho Clown against Black Taurus. You're also going to have Laredo Kid against Bam, Bandito and Flamita in a three way match. Um, so that kind of goes back to me mentioning MLW running a Flamita Bandito show or match. So um, those guys always are going to be together in some way or the other. That match is for the Triple A Cruiserweight Championship. There's going to be four other, like, three-way matches or tag matches or six ways. So, cool show to kind of open up WrestleCon. They'll, AAA shows are always exciting because they do have, you know, quite a bit of the high-flying style and that luchador style that really plays well with, you know, popping a crowd that might not know a ton about the wrestlers going in. So, they should do pretty well. And then at 9 p.m. is the March, Mark Hitchcock Memorial Super Show. So Mark Hitchcock was an old camera guy for um, High Spots. So he passed a few years back, and I think this was before New Orleans in 2018. They started to rebrand this show as the Mark Hitchcock Memorial Super Show instead of just being the WrestleCon Super Show. So pretty cool. Uh, that is going to have five matches announced right now. The five matches announced are going to be Bandito again against Speedball, Mike Bailey. So first time we ever go a little bit in depth with Speedball. Uh, Speedball, Mike Bailey, he always has exciting matches. Um, I'm going to talk a lot more about him like towards the end of the podcast when I kind of review everything of what I think is going to be the things you can't miss this week. But if you see Speedball in any wrestling show at any point in any part of the country, try to watch it. The guy is incredible. Uh, he 
will have a good match with anybody. He's a smaller guy, but he really he works a stiff style. He works believable offense. He will look like he's about to die or kill his opponent um, at least once in every match he's in. Uh, guy's just a stud. The fact he doesn't have a major wrestling contract is beyond me. He's that good. Uh, hopefully he can link in with New Japan at some point, uh, which we will talk about here in a bit. But the guy's that good. I mean, he's never had a bad match that I've seen. So we'll see where he goes. Uh, but this weekend's going to be a big opportunity for him. And Bandito's a good place to start. So there is also going to be a pretty interesting match of former WWE women. Mia Yim, who was obviously in WWE as Mia Yim and also as Reckoning when she was part of Retribution, has a match with Athena, who was WWE's Ember Moon. So these two really haven't done a ton. This is Mia Yim's really first match back since she left WWE. And Athena's just done a few spot shows here and there. She's probably only done like four or five since she got released. Uh, so I'm sure these two are going to want to prove a lot on the show. And being able to kind of showcase their their newfound indie styles again with each other, I think is going to really highlight what how good these two girls really are. And I, I'm excited to see how this match pans out. I think that these two could have huge years in the indies or AEW, or ROH, wherever they end up. So I think that this will be a good kind of um, launching pad for these two to kind of see what happens next with them. Now let's get back over to the Briscoes. <laughs> Briscoes are on the WrestleCon Super Show as well. Uh, they are going to be wrestling Homicide and Low Key, the Rottweilers. Th- this is going to be a badass match. I mean, Homicide and the Briscoes have always had a good history together in you know ROH. They are also a team that will mix it up with anybody. They'll beat the shit out of you. And that's what Homicide and Loki want to do as well. So having that little New York versus Maryland little bad boy match is going to be a fun one to watch. And it's going to be really different than, you know, probably what you're going to see on the other, you know, upper tier matches here. Even though it will be a a stiff, strong style match, it's going to also have some Daredevil stuff to it. I think it's going to be a cool match. There'll be more tables and stuff probably involved in this one. So... Definitely one that I would check out, as any Briscoes match really is. Then your two main matches on the show so far, I'm sure they will announce more, is Ishii, Tomohiro Ishii, is wrestling Timothy Thatcher. So Thatcher is actually going to be working two shows on this day, which I'll get into once we start rolling into the collective. Uh, Timothy Thatcher is awesome, and he's a guy that, that NXT and WWE truly dropped the ball with. I mean... He wasn't going to fit into 2.0, but you could find use for a guy like Timothy Thatcher, let's put it that way. So that was a missed opportunity by them. Him and Ishii should have a hell of a match, a banger of all all different levels. Um, they're going to beat the shit out of each other. And, you know, Thatcher will definitely stake his claim to a New Japan job with a good effort here. Then there's Biff Busick and Minoru Suzuki, which right now is most likely the main event of this show. Minoru Suzuki, man. What can you say about Minoru Suzuki that hasn't already been said? The guy is a legend. He works an amazing match with everybody. He's working a pretty unique week himself. Uh, Biff Busick, on the other hand, is just back from WWE. He was Oni Lorcan. Had a pretty good little NXT run for quite some time. Had a tag run uh, most recently with the titles. He was in that McAfee-Pete Dunne stable um, towards the end of 2021, they were able to get a War Games match in. So I don't think Biff looks back at his WWE run and is disappointed by it. I mean, obviously he never really got the main roster shine, but he still had a really good NXT run. He made some good money when he was there. I'm glad he stuck with wrestling. I think there were some rumors at one point he wasn't going to, but 
Biff is the man. He's you know back working up in my territory in the Boston area with for Beyond. Uh, so that's where he's from. So I think he's always going to have a spot on shows up here. Uh, the guy's just a stud. And um, seeing him come back to a Mania weekend like this and right away getting Minoru Suzuki after earlier this afternoon on Thursday, he has another big match. I'm happy for Biff, and I look forward to you know how he performs this week, and you know he's going to be awesome. So that's the WrestleCon Super Show. They come back Friday morning, we'll say. It's 1 p.m., so it's really early afternoon. And that's going to be Zicky Dice's Trouble in Paradise 2. Now, this is kind of a goofy show. Lince Dorado of Lucha House Party fame is going to wrestle Black Taurus. Speedball Mike Bailey is going to wrestle Effie. Scotty Too Hotty is wrestling Rich Swan, So that's cool because they probably worked together in WWE at some stretch when Rich Swan was there. And then uh, Masha Slamovich is wrestling what is just advertised as bear. Will it be an, a physical bear? Will it be a man dressed like a bear? I tend to think it's going to be uh, Zicky Dice himself dressed like a bear. But who knows? They could go so many different ways with this. So, And Masha Slamovich is so entertaining with everything she does. So I think that whatever this is, I'm excited to see what it actually is. So... Um, then they're, they're running a scramble as well and another match with a couple guys i never heard of. But um, Zicky Dice is a unique character. So this is kind of an offshoot of maybe what they used to do with like Joey Ryan's dick party at WrestleCon weekend. And, yes, that was an actual show um, up, and, up through 2019. Obviously, Joey Ryan is a name that shouldn't be spoken anymore. Um, it, this kind of plays off the spring break name. I think that it's just kind of a goof, goofy show with a funny wrestler's name on it. So... Do, would I pay a ton of money to go to the show? No, but it's included with your WrestleCon admission. So if you're in town for WrestleCon, pop in. Watch Marshall Samovich wrestle a bear. Why not? And then there is a New Japan Lone Star shootout. So this is really New Japan strong for the most part, but they did send some New Japan regulars over. This is a show at 5 p.m. So the big matches on this show are going to be Blake Christian against Jonah. Now, Jonah was the former Bronson Reed of NXT fame. Uh, he's had a pretty good run since he left. I mean, mostly been with Impact so far, but he's had some matches with PCO, matches with Josh Alexander. So he's been getting some big boy matches. Blake's kind of a difference of styles, but I'm excited to see both of these guys in a New Japan ring because I think they'll be able to kind of showcase that they can work any type of style you put in front of them. Uh, Ren Narita, who's a big New Japan strong name, is wrestling Rocky Ramiro. So that'll be a cool like student-teacher type vibe match. And then the big three... Uh, Speedball Mike Bailey wrestling Switchblade, Jay White. Now notice I've said Speedball on every WrestleCon show so far. So Switchblade makes his first Mania Weekend appearance on this show, uh, 5 p.m. Friday. Um, it's it's Switchblade, Jay White, man. This guy's awesome. He hasn't really done much with AEW yet. I know he worked uh, like a, maybe a match or two, but I'm sure he's got a, a long-term storyline out there for him with uh, Cole and the Boxer and whatnot. So we'll see. And then there's also Chris Dickinson against Ishii. So Dickinson, again, right back into the fire, coming back from injury. Ishii's a guy that, you know, him and Dickinson should have a hell of a match. Um, you know, I'm still bummed we didn't get the Dickinson-Shingo match in Tampa in 2020, but Dickinson and Ishii is not one that I'll ever be upset to see. So uh, Dickinson's going to go all out for this, and, and Ishii will definitely make make sure that Chris feels this um, when he's done with it. So, And then the match that I think is the most interesting one of the show is 
also a Minoru Suzuki match. This time he will be doing battle with one Killer Cross. So really Cross's probably first big high-profile match since he left WWE. Um, I don't know if Scarlett will be part of this package for him while he's working New Japan or not. I tend to think no, but we'll see what happens. Um, I think Cross really works a, a good New Japan style. I think he's going to mesh well with Suzuki. Suzuki's a, is a, obviously as much of a legend as you'll see booked on any of these shows, uh, but Cross can hang with him, man. He, he works that style. He'll chop you. He'll put you in a submission move. Uh, I think this is going to be a hell of a match, and I'm interested to make sure that you know Cross does hang with Suzuki, which I'm sure he will, and what kind of avenues that'll bring him with New Japan in the future. I think he's got all, everything that New Japan will want. I know New Japan wanted him before he went to WWE. Um, WWE dropped the ball with this guy. I know some people weren't big fans of him, but I've always been a big fan of Cross. I think that he is believable. He works strong offense, and I think that him and Suzuki are going to have a banger here. Now, we roll into Impact, which is running a show at 9 p.m. Um, it's called the Multiverse of Matches. Now, they did this pretty creative, I think. They didn't just do a straight-up um, Impact show. They put a bunch of people together that you know might be Impact versus somebody that doesn't work for Impact. Now, there are some Impact matches for sure, like Jonah and, and um, Josh Alexander in a tag match against Moose and PCO. Which is interesting, because PCO's been doing the Honor No More gimmick with, uh, like, the Kingdom and stuff. So, you know, having him with Moose is kind of an interesting little mix-up. Then there's also going to be um, a X Division match, which is all real um, Impact guys at this point. So, Trey Miguel defending his X Division title against Rich Swan, Willie Mack, Vincent, who was, you know, from the Righteous and ROH and the Kingdom. Then there's Chris Bay, who's now in Bullet Club. And Jordan Grace. So, that's going to be a cool match. I mean, I think those are six pretty good workers. Um, it's great workers in some scenario. Trey Miguel is awesome. Um, I think that he really kind of stepped out of the rascal's shadow now. Um, and he's able to show his own. And, you know, I love Trey Miguel. I worked with him a little bit in the past. Did a t-shirt with him back when I was doing that sort of thing in, like, 2019. Um, he is has all the talent in the world. Uh, he kind of... Always had that, you know, ricochet, rip-off clone feel to him. But he's kind of made it his own, and he's kind of bounced back from that. So I'm excited to see Trey do his thing in an Ultimate X match in front of a pretty pretty good crowd that he'll have at WrestleCon. Other matches on this show will be uh, Chris Sabin against Switchblade, Jay White. Both are working Impact for the most part now, but that's one you can kind of promote as a promotion versus promotion because White's been kind of doing the anti-Impact thing since he's been there. And then Alex Shelley against Speedball. I'm just going to keep mentioning Speedball on every show at WrestleCon, it seems. Uh, so we'll see. that. That's a cool match, too. Uh, then there's going to be some real mesh and styles with Ishii versus Eddie Edwards. So this is the first time Edwards is, you know, I noticed him booked in a match for WrestleCon. Actually, the only one um, of all of the week. But him and Ishii should have a good match. I mean, Edwards is strong. He, he works good matches. He's a local guy to Boston as well, so I know a lot about Eddie Edwards, I don't think he's ever really had a bad match, so Edwards and Ishii, cool match, um, we'll see what happens there, Deanna Perrazzo is right now, she's the Rea de Reyes champion for AAA, and she's also the ROH um, women's champion, she hasn't been announced anything for a supercard yet, I'm sure she'll be a part of it, but this is where she's going to do her champ champ challenge, when it's an open challenge, any woman can answer, and, and take a title shot at either belt, so with her being the champ of both and this being WrestleCon, 
anybody and their brother could take this match. So it'll be cool to see who ends up taking this spot. And then there's the Briscoes against the Good Brothers. So Briscoes, again, another high-profile opponent. And, you know, they'll have a good match with anybody. So cool show. And then after that, at midnight, they're running a PWF show, which is Provincial Wrestling Federation. That's Impact's, like, kind of mock-up of, like, a 70s or 80 wrestling promotion. So it's always funny. It's always goofy. Uh, but, you know, if it comes with your ticket if you go to the Impact show, so stick around for that. If it's midnight at WrestleCon, it doesn't hurt for you to, you know, stick around, have another couple beers, and watch that match. Or watch those series of matches, we'll say. All right, now the last match of WrestleCon uh, is going to be on Saturday morning at 11 a.m. It's uh, called The U.S. versus The World. So WrestleCon presents that. The show they kind of do every year. Um, it's really just a way for them to kind of do some more dream matches. And this is free to WrestleCon admission, so you don't have to buy a separate ticket for this. Some matches for this one. Rich Swan getting a title shot at Michael Oku for the RevPro Undisputed British Cruiserweight Championship. That'll be a cool match. I'm not the biggest Rich Swan fan, but Oku is pretty awesome, so they should have a banger. Davey Richards battling Speedball. Notice, again, Speedball working this show as well. Calvin Tankman is working Big Damo. Now, Big Dom was another one, fresh out of NXT as Killian Dane. He had a little bit of main roster run, not much, but he's an awesome wrestler. Him and Tankman, that's that's going to be an awesome match. Uh, Rachel Ellering wrestling Jessica Troy. And then a match that I think is really cool, the Workhorseman, which is um, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry. J.D., they recently had a match on um, AEW TV against Moxley and Dickinson. They have a match with Bandito and Ray Horse. So that'll be a cool match. Definitely a mesh of styles. J.D. Drake's a big boy, um, but he can wrestle pretty strongly. So Bandito, you know, Bandito will have had quite a quite a run at this point by the time he has this match. But guy's a stud, so he'll be fine. Now, the WrestleCon event itself is always cool. They have, you know, autograph signings with some big names, you know, like Adam Cole, Britt Baker, uh... Ric Flair. There's there's so many different people on this show. If if they don't work for WWE, they're probably at WrestleCon show. Check them out, WrestleCon.com. And if you're in Dallas, it's definitely worth checking out. You know, cool place to get some cheap merch, DVDs if you're still into that sort of thing. Um, just, you know, autographs, meet and greets, cool merch, t-shirts. There's all sorts of stuff that you can get at WrestleCon. It's just a cool day to people watch. Let's put it that way. Now, let's head over to the collective. So the collective, this is the fourth collective. The first one went down in 2019 in New York, New Jersey. The second one was supposed to be 2020 Mania Weekend, but it became the fall in Indianapolis, which ended up being like a super spreader event. Uh, Then 2021, they came back and did the third one as part of Mania Weekend last year in Tampa. This is the fourth one. So they put together a pretty good mix mix of shows. Now there's eight unique GCW shows on this lineup. And then there is four non-GCW shows. Now, you'll notice the non-GCW shows, for the most part, are kind of running opposite WWE and Mania on Saturday, which was probably a smart move by GCW to not put their shows then. Um, But I definitely think there's some cool stuff to check at all of them. And the last one might be the best show of all of them. We'll get into that in a minute. But starting at 11 a.m. on Thursday... It is Glory Pro Wrestling for a show that's called Cemetery Gates, which is a play off of a Pantera song. 
So this is probably the least exciting of the 12 shows. Um, the big match is Warhorse versus Josh Alexander. Nah, Warhorse, I'm not a huge fan of, but he's a pretty popular indie name. Um, really got famous with that match with Cody and AEW. Uh, but Josh Alexander's a stud. They'll have a fun little match. I don't know what Warhorse has been up to. He hasn't worked a ton of indies. Maybe it was a COVID thing for him. He didn't want to do as much, but maybe we'll start seeing him a little bit more. The guy works hard towards the gimmick. I'm just not a fan of it. Then there's the besties in the world, which is Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett. They're a big-time Ohio tag team. They have a match against the old-school ROH team of Davey Richards and Rocky Romero, the No Remorse Corps. So that would be a cool, cool little match. Again, it's an 11 a.m. show on Thursday. Probably one of the lighter watch shows of the entire weekend, but first one, so it might be one that you do go out of your way to watch. Then GCW kicks us off at 3 p.m. on Thursday with Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 8. So Josh Barnett's been you know pretty awesome since he's put these these gimmick shows together. So if you're not familiar, Bloodsport does no ropes. They do um, submission only. I'm sorry. Yeah, submission or KO only. So you can't really win by pinfall. So they have some creative finishes. It's, it's made to feel like a shoot fight for the most part. Um, and like real MMA inspired, you know, a lot of these have had old MMA guys like Ken Shamrock, I think worked one, um, Dan Severn, you know, there's Dan Severn worked in Mania weekend in 19, again, Frank Mir, which was a little interesting. Um, so they've, they've had Matt, they've had matches like Davey Boy Smith against Killer Cross, Hideki Suzuki against Timothy Thatcher. They've been really creative over the years. Um, and this is always uh, one of the best ways to kick off your Mania Week. Uh, to me, this always feels like the official kickoff to Mania Weekend because they always kind of run this, like, 3 p.m. Thursday time slot. So, now, some matches on this show. There's 11 matches announced. Now, what I really like about Bloodsport is they do a 20-minute time limit, but, I mean, it's meant to feel like a shoot fight, so there's a lot of them that might go five or six minutes. So, it's a show that you kind of buzz through. So, there's some cool people on this show that I'm not going to really go in-depth with, like Marina Shafir, Masha Slamovich, Alex Coughlin. There's a lot of people that I think are going to probably break out from being on this show. Um, and some some of the best matches announced so far, in my opinion, Yui Morimura from New Japan against Speedball Mike Bailey. Again, Speedball's everywhere. Um, he's the one that has the most matches. And then there's John Hennigan, the old John Morrison, is in a match with Simon Gotch, formerly of vaudeville fame in WWE NXT. And then you've got Josh Barnett, who's actually the namesake of the show. He's wrestling Jonah, the, the Bronson Reed fella. Um, well, that'll be interesting. Jonah, I don't really put into having that type of match, but Barnett's in there with him, so he must see something in it. And then um, John Moxley, this is his third blood sport, I think. He's mixing it up with Biff Busick, um, Biff's first blood sport. So that's a cool mix because they're both WWE guys, but um, in reality, Moxley's honed his craft a lot over the years and he's kind of got a lot of that MMA influence to him now so him and Biff will definitely beat the shit out of each other and then for the second time in Bloodsport and Chris Dickinson's first match back Minoru Suzuki so this match was supposed to happen at Bloodsport in 2020 at the Tampa WrestleCon I'm not WrestleCon Tampa Collective for you know that that mania that got canceled because of COVID they ended up doing it at an LA Bloodsport 7 um, October 2021, and it was a really good match. Suzuki beat 
Dickinson by submission in about 15 minutes. So they're going to run it back. The next blood sport, they go right to it. So um, I would expect Dickinson to honestly get the win here. Um, I think Suzuki's kind of cool with Jobin at this point. So would be a good way for Dickinson to come back to wrestling. Um, he's been out for, you know, five or six months at this point. So um, Dickinson does not have an easy go of it by doing this show. So um, then we run into 8 p.m. Thursday night, which is the first night of Joey Janela's Spring Break 6. Now, um, we've got five announced matches for the show so far. Actually, six announced matches now that I look at it. Blake Christian is wrestling AR Fox. That's a killer match. Match AR Fox, to me, is the most underappreciated wrestler in the indie scene. Um, he kind of gets forgotten because he doesn't take as many bookings now because he's running his school in Atlanta, which has, you know, Austin Theory is the real namesake of that school. Uh, but the guy's the guy's an incredible wrestler. I've never seen him have a bad match either. Um, he's the type of guy that can botch something and you makes you forget about it within 10 seconds. So uh, that's a killer match. Blake Christian's a stud. Uh, there is a J- GCW World Tag Title match with the Hate Club of Matt Tremont and Nick fucking Gage defending their titles against the Briscoes and the second gear crew of Mance Warner and Matthew Justice. So this one should be bloody. Um, you know, Hate Club and SGC have no problems cutting each other up, you know, using tubes. We'll see how the Briscoes do with it, but I don't think they're going to shy away from it. So um, then there's also uh, Alley Catch, who, you know, was unfortunately somebody that I think was put in a tough situation, having, you know, she jobbed to Ruby Soho at the... Um, Hammerstein show in January. She gets Mickey James in this one. Now, GCW has kind of been aligned aligned a little bit with the fact that they booked that Hammerstein show. Now, Hammerstein, you can't bleed, which GCW is known for death matches and kind of more extreme style. They couldn't do that at Hammerstein. So, I find it interesting to see how they're going to bounce back from that because they're not really in a spot where they can pretend that that's their norm. It wasn't their norm. Um, but they, what, where they really missed out on that entire thing is they beat someone like Ali Ketch in a match against somebody like Ruby, who's not a regular. And Ruby was jobbing on the indies. You know, she jobbed at Beyond. She jobbed at, I think it was AIW. She's not afraid to do the job in the indies. And, yeah, especially to another woman, you know. So, Ali Ketch kind of... She kind of left the smoke with that Hammerstein thing. We'll see how she does. I don't know that she'll beat Mickey James, but I don't think Mickey's going to be afraid of the job to her either. So we'll see where that one goes. I hope Allie gets the W there. And then uh, one that was spawned from a heel turn by Joey Janela back in L.A. Joey Janela goes one-on-one with X-Pac. So kind of a cool match. Like Janela's known at these shows to really have like the legendary match. He did Janetti at the first one. He has done matches with um, Great Sasuke. Uh, Then, you know, he came back from injury in 2019 and did Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt on two nights. So, it's pretty cool. I think that uh, they'll have a hell of a match. X-Pac is in good shape. Probably the best shape he's been in quite a while. So, I think these two are going to have a cool match. Then the two big ones, John Moxley defends the title against AJ Gray. AJ Gray won the grab the brass ring ladder match at that Hammerstein show. That match was just an abomination, but he came out victorious, so that's all that matters, and he chose Moxley to cash it in on at this show. So, Moxley's the GCW champion. I don't know that he's going to drop the title here. Um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of people that 
you know, this match was not what was planned. A lot of people were saying that. You know, maybe Atticus Colger was supposed to be in this match, but let's not hate on AJ Gray. The guy's the man. Um, so I think they're going to have a cool match. And then John Wayne Murdoch and Alex Cologne are probably what's the main event, which is the ultra-violent deathmatch championship. So these two have kind of been having a little bit of a feud for a while, even before they, they locked up. So um, J John Wayne Murdoch was the ICW champion, um, which they've kind of been the quote-unquote, United States rival for GCW for the most part of the last couple of years. So he was been their deathmatch champion. They crowned that Mania weekend last year. And then Alex Cologne was crowned the deathmatch champion for GCW last year. Was it a coincidence that these two get given titles the same weekend? I don't know. Um, I definitely know that those two promotions weren't working together. That I can guarantee you. Uh, but it's cool that now Murdoch's not that champion anymore. He, he dropped it recently to Reed Bentley, which is one of his best friends. But he's still working for them, so it's not like he's all out. In fact, he's after this show, he's going up to Jersey to work the ICW show, No Holds Barred show, against Atticus Koger the next night. So, on Friday night. So, I think Cologne's going to retain here because I don't think they're going to let Murdoch take that title to ICW with him. Call me crazy, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Then at midnight, there is their deathmatch show called Planet Death. I'm not going to go too in-depth with it. It's a deathmatch show. You know, Madman Pondo's missing Hoodfoot. Hoodfoot's a guy that just recently got a big win over Matt Tremont at one of the Atlantic City GCW shows. Hoodfoot might be next in line for Cologne after Cologne went... Uh, successfully defends that title. Might happen. There's some East Atlantic City shows coming up in, um, I think, the end of May, or early May, end of April. So we'll see what happens there. I think Hoodfoot's going to definitely have a shot at that title soon. Um, other matches on this show, Akira versus uh, Cole Radrick. Now, Cole Radrick just recently started doing death matches. Uh, he probably needed to find his niche in wrestling, so we'll see if he sticks to it, but this will be a tough one for him. And then Sadika is wrestling Jimmy Lloyd. So that'll be a good little show if you're into death matches. Now, the next day, they come back on Friday for JCW versus LA Fights. Now, JCW is Jersey Championship Wrestling. That's their East Coast, like, feeder team. So think of, like, that's their AAA team for GCW. That's going to have some younger guys, some guys that might not be shined up yet for a regular GCW show. Sometimes they throw, throw Janela down there to have a match with one of these guys. Um, so it's kind of like the feeder system. Like if you shine in JCW, you'll probably quickly end up on a GCW show. Then there's LA fights, which is the same thing, but in California, um, shout out to Jordan Castle, who's a beyond regular fan, um, that goes to school out there. He's actually, you know, doing some involvement with LA fights. He does their announcing and stuff. So, um, proud to see him doing that. Uh, so JCW and LA fights is pretty much East versus West. Uh, some matches that go through here, really three of them will go through. There's like seven and out so far. Sandra Moon, who's like their top women's star in LA fights, is wrestling Billy Starks, the 17-year-old upstart. This girl's going to probably have a contract the day she turns 18. Uh, that's how good she is, in my opinion. I think she's just getting better and better by the day. She's been wrestling for probably too long, given her age. Um, but the girl's a stud. I think that she's going to really have a bright future. Um, this is going to be a good spot for her to really showcase that. Um, then there's Marcus Mathers, 
Um, he's representing JCW against Nick Wayne, who's a 16-year-old kid from Seattle that just recently um, signed an AEW contract. It was more of like a developmental thing. Like I'd probably see him doing like Dark in the future. Once they go West Coast, I'm sure he'll do some stuff for them then. Um, but I don't think they're going to be throwing a 16-year-old on a touring brand anytime soon. Um, and then the match that I think is probably their main event is Alec Price, who's, you know, the probably the biggest name on the East Coast right now, against Nick Cartwheels, one of the biggest names in the West Coast. So um, two really good high flyers. I think this is going to be an awesome match. So then there is For the Culture, which goes down to 3 p.m., that's AJ Gray's big show. He's wrestling Darius Lockhart on the show as a name that I hear a lot about. I don't know a ton about him, but I do hear a lot about him. Um, Rich Swan is on this show. He is going to battle with JTG. Uh, it was cool to see that Chad Gaspart is going into the WWE Hall of Fame, getting the Warrior Award, um, and JTG still wrestling is even cooler. So um, Swan and JTG will definitely have a fun little match. JTG is in great shape, so I always liked him. Then there's Tasha Steeles, who's your reigning and defending Impact Women's Knockout Champion, or whatever they call it now. Um, she's defending the title against Big Swole, who had that controversial exit from AEW. And then speaking of controversial exits, this will be the GCW debut of the Hitmakers, which is Dahuti Miles and AJ Francis. They were known more so as Hit Row in WWE. Now, those guys didn't last very long on the main roster before they were released, but they're getting thrown right into the fire here with Shane Taylor Promotions as their opponents, which is Shane Taylor and O'Shea Edwards. They were two-thirds of the ROH. Or actually, O'Shea wasn't the ROH trios champ, but he was in there stable in ROH. But um, we'll see what happens with Shane Taylor. I mean, Shane Taylor is a really good big man wrestler. Um, I think O'Shea Edwards is also a really good big man wrestler, so AJ Francis has his work cut out for him here, but Tootie Miles is strong. I bet they have a fun little match. Then, later on, is the World on Lucha, which is Gringo Loco's branded show. Pretty much GCW is playing a Lucha Libre show. Um, the matches announced on this one are Tony Deppin against Psychosis. Yes, that Psychosis from WCW. AR Fox is back on this show against Ninja Mac. Ninja Mac's a guy that has some crazy offense. Um... Not always believable, but it's Lucha, so sometimes you have to put um, believability on the shelf. Uh, but these two will have a cool match. They, they're both high flyers. They both do some crazy shit, so should be fun. And then Johnny Caballero is the John Morrison with a Lucha name. He's wrestling the aforementioned Jack Cartwheel on the show. So that should be a cool match because Cartwheel's an upstart and Morrison's a stud. I mean, let's put it, you know, put it that way. The guy's working... Um, Bloodsport, and then he's working a Lucha show the next day. He's, he's going to show his chops this weekend for sure. Then the main event of this one's going to be Dr. Wagner Jr. against Psycho Clown in a hair versus mask match. Little history, back in 2017, Psycho Clown defeated Wagner in a hair, and I'm sorry, in a mask versus mask match. So on that show, um, back in 2017, Wagner lost his mask, which in Mexico, that's like losing your soul. Uh, so now he wants to do the same thing to Clown, and he is putting his hair on the line to try to steal his mask. So we'll see how that shakes out, but I think that's going to be a really cool match and kind of have that big fight feel for a show that might kind of get lost in the in the woodwork, seeing how they're running opposite SmackDown in um, 
Dallas. So then they're back at it at midnight, which is right after SmackDown, right after the Hall of Fame, which is Joey Janela's Spring Break 6 Part 2, The Greatest Clusterfuck. So this is the second time they've done The Greatest Clusterfuck. They did it in 2019. Now, The Clusterfuck's pretty much a Royal Rumble, but not not really the same rules. Like You can pretty much do whatever you want. You can pin people in it. You can do whatever. Um, they might send five people out at once. They might send one out every ten minutes. It's just... It's chaos. Um, I think it's a it's a really cool match every year, and you never know who's going to be in this thing. I know Maven's announced for it. Um, but let's talk about the undercard of this show, because this might be the most impressive single undercard of any show, Mania Weekend. Uh, first off, Speedball's back. Speedball Mike Bailey's working PCO. PCO really had his big breakout match for a spring break back in 2018. This would kind of got him back on the map in wrestling. In my opinion, it's why he got an ROH contract. Um, he had a banger at that show with Walter, uh, so the new Gunther, but it is was Walter back in 2018. They had an awesome match, uh, so PCO back in the GCW family for this match with Speedball. Then there is Biff Busick against Tony Deppen. So Biff working like a conventional GCW show, it'd be interesting. Deppen's a stud, uh, they'll have an awesome match. Then there is Matt Cardona against Chris Dickinson. Um, now, what's interesting about this is Cardona will have Chelsea Green in his corner, his wife. Dickinson's going to have Missy Hyatt in his corner to try to offset Chelsea Green. So I know Chris uh, probably loves that, being the, the old-school wrestling fan that he is. Um, and then Minoru Suzuki is on this show against Effie. Now, that is a mesh of styles, but Effie can go, man. I think he's going to show out on this match. Then later on, we're going to go right back to Effie. We come back Saturday morning at 11 a.m. And the last GCW show of the weekend, Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Uh, Maxie Impaler from from um, ROH fame is wrestling Edith Surreal from Chikara. Um, really had, she's kind of made a name for herself, Edith Surreal, in the last year. She had a really good match with Lee Moriarty last Mania weekend for the IWTV Super Show that they ran. Then there's Effie's wrestling Pimpinella Escalada which is, Pimpinella is more known from Lucha Underground domestically, but, you know, they've had a very strong um, AAA and, and CMLL career. So then there is Dango, yes, Fandango, is wrestling Alley Catch. So this is an interesting match because it's called Effie's Big Gay Brunch. It's a real LGBTQ-friendly show. Fandango is not LGBTQ, but he's still on the show, so it must be something that Ali Catch wanted. So, um, I, I why wouldn't you want to wrestle Fandango? Uh, so, anyways, that that'll be a cool match, a little different. Um, doesn't really fit the flow of the show, but it'll probably be one of the better matches on the show. Then later on on Saturday, there's a show by Mission Pro Wrestling called Bangers Only. It's an all female show. This is actually Thunder Rose's promotion. So she's wrestling in the main event against Trisha Dora, who's had an awesome year or two in the Indies, mostly on the East Coast. Um, also on this show is Masha Slamovich against Lindsay Snow, who Lindsay Snow's been known to do some blood sports. And then Holly Dead, which used to be Thunder Rose's tag partner in the Twisted Sisters. They She wrestles Lafisto, who Lafisto is you know Canadian um, indie wrestling legend. She was just recently inducted into the GCW Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame. Um, those two will have a good match. Holly Dead works a pretty strong style. Then you've got Unsanctioned Pro, which is coming at you opposite Mania on Saturday. That's a show that's called Mulligan. 
Not a lot to talk about in this show, but I will say, Speedball Mike Bailey is working in this show. He just hasn't announced which match yet, so guy will not quit. Trey Lamar is defending his OWA, Ohio State Championship, on this show. And um, the big, big advertised match is Billy Starks against Christian Robinson. I don't know who Christian Robinson is, but for them to feed, or feed him to Billy Starks, probably a cool wrestler. So something to check out. If you don't know much about him, this might be a, match, a show you find out about people. Then the main event of the collective is Midnight After Mania on Saturday. This is a show called Black Label Pro from, from the promotion Black Label Pro called Norm. They actually use Norm McDonald in the promotional <laughs> features of it, so it's pretty cool. Really cool show. So Anthony Green, yes, that Anthony Green, who was in WWE for a bit um, as August Gray, is back with um, the Ari Sterling um, to his Anthony, to his, I can't even say them all. I know them so much in Indies, I can't remember the NXT names. But he was Ari, Ari Sterling in NXT. It's Alex Zane. So him and AG are going to go at it. Also on this show, Warhorse is wrestling Killian Dane Damo. Um, then there is Jake Something against PCO, which that'll be a cool banger. Jake Something's a big boy. They'll have a fun match. And then Effie is wrestling Charlie Haas. So Effie's shown some some stripes on on these shows by wrestling a different grouping of people. Um, then the Faces of Fear, yes, Mang and the Barbarian are wrestling the Workhorseman, which is J.D. Drake and uh, Anthony Henry again. So Ming and the Barbarian. I wouldn't want to wrestle Ming. I'll put it to you that way. Now let's wrap up here by me going through a couple of things. Now first and foremost. What are the 10 matches that you should not miss on this Mania weekend? So um, I tried to not use one person or team more than once when I put this list together. Um, of the 10, I'm going to go 10 to 1. 10, Ultimate Exit Impact. Trey Miguel, like I said, he's a breakout star in wrestling right now. I think that he's going to really be able to show his stripes here. I don't think he's going to lose the title on this show, um, but he's in there with some good wrestlers, you know, between... Um, Rich Swan between Willie Mack. He's got good history with those guys. Vincent's a pretty good little wrestler. Chris Bay's awesome. Jordan Grace will probably catch and throw people around in this in this match. That's going to be a cool match. I just think Ultimate X as a whole is a pretty awesome concept. Always been one of my favorite like gimmick matches. Then there is Psycho Clown against Wagner. I kind of went in depth with it before, but I mean, this is a legendary Mexican match going down in U.S. soil, so definitely something I would check out um, as part of that show. I'm sure the crowd will be pretty hot for that. Number eight, Speedball Mike Bailey against Switchblade Jay White. Now, I had eight Speedball matches to go through, but this is the one that really stood out to me, because where else are you going to see this match short of him going over to... You know, maybe Impact will run it, maybe AEW can run it, but it's just not a match you know you wanted to see until you see it. So, um, they'll have a killer match. Number seven, John Moxley and Biff at Bloodsport. Just to see how Biff does in Bloodsport and how Moxley continues to grow in that style. I'm not saying Moxley's like a young wrestler, but, you know, it's working in indie, you're kind of vulnerable to things you might not be on TV. So, I think these two should have a good match, and they're going to beat the shit of each other in doing it. Number six, I already ran through the history a little bit, but I've got Alex Colon and John Wayne Murdoch there at the first night of spring break. I just think this match has been built up beautifully. Uh, Murdoch attacked him at the Hammerstein, goes back to getting, he's trying to get a rematch after Colon beat him on New Year's. 
um, these two are going to have a bloodbath, and this is going to be kind of the closing show death match that Spring Breaks have been known for the last couple of Mania weekends. Um, number five, Matt Cardona against Chris Dickinson. I had to include Cardona on the list. Cardona had such an electric year for GCW. Um, him doing this match with Dickinson's awesome, and the Missy Hyatt-Chelsea Green involvement is really cool. I mean, this is a cool match that you see going down at, like, 1 in the morning in Dallas. Um, I just think it's it was built up pretty well. Cardona pretended he didn't know who Dickinson was. Dickinson obviously got hot right away and threatened to kick his ass on the spot. Um, it's just two guys, again, you didn't didn't know you wanted to see it till it was announced. Number four, Suzuki and Killer Cross. I think Minoru Suzuki and Killer Cross are, like I said before, a great mesh of you know similar styles. Obviously, Suzuki is somebody that Cross probably looks up to, um, and I think this is a great way for Cross to introduce himself to New Japan. Number three, the Briscoes and FTR. Talked about it a lot before. I just think it's going to be an awesome tag match. And I was kind of down on ROH when I was talking about it earlier, but you'll find here that I have... Three of my top three. Two of my top three are from the ROH show. Number two, Gresham and Bandito. It's just been built up for so long. Like they were slowly getting to this in ROH for like six months before Final Battle. And then Final Battle it was ripped away from us. So Gresham is very selective. He's only working a couple matches, maybe a weekend. But, I mean, him and Bandito are going to tear the roof off um, that building in Garland. So, um, definitely go out of your way to see that match. I guarantee you that one's going to be good. And then, number one, the Clusterfuck. Um, I mean, you can't turn down a 40- or 50-person rumble. I never can. Um, I don't care if it's on a 3 in the morning. I will watch it as soon as I can. Um, it is a cool match. It's always fun. It's always goofy. I hope they have a serious winner this year. The last couple finishes have been kind of strange, but it's a clusterfuck. I mean, if, if, I'm, if you go into a clusterfuck looking for work rate, you're doing it wrong. Open up a beer, you know... Have, find whatever your best libation is at that time of night and sit down and enjoy this match. You'll just have fun watching it. Um, then the last list I'm going to do is the five wrestlers I think are going to shine the most this coming week. So starting at five, I'm going to go with Effie. Now his four matches that are announced so far are Minoru Suzuki, Charlie Haas, Pimpinella Escalada, and Speedball Mike Bailey. You cannot put together a more eclectic mix of wrestlers. Those four are all completely different. They're all great, good to great in their own way. Effie is great. And I think that people are going to really realize that after they see him work these four matches, just how good he really is. Um, GCW did him dirty with the Jeff Jarrett thing at Mania, I mean, at Hammerstein. I don't understand why that happened. Uh, maybe Jeff Jarrett helped them get pay-per-view. I, I don't know what happened. But um, this is a good way for Effie to turn that around. Um, and I think that this might springboard Effie into that GCW title contention. Uh, so I think Effie deserves it. He's that good. And I think that he's he's great in social media. He's just a great guy to follow. Um, it's just super entertaining. And I think Effie's someone that this time next year at Mania Weekend, we might see him in even more high-profile matches. Number four, the Briscoes. So what's really cool about the Briscoes is they've only booked themselves in four matches, two on Thursday, two on Friday. Now Thursday, they're booked for that crazy three-way tag match with um, the Hate Club and the SGC. That's a show that starts at 8. Then they're supposed to wrestle Homicide and Key across town, 
um, for the WrestleCon Super Show. That's a show that starts at 9. So do they do the, the crazy match with the Hate Club at 8, or do they open up the Super Show and then come do the crazy match later on in the night? I'm interested in logistics of that. And then the next night, the same thing. They're booked for FTR um, as part of ROH, which is half an hour away at 7 p.m., and then they're booked for the Good Brothers for Impact at a show that starts at 9, like I said, half hour away. So which one do they work first? Which one do they work last? I tend to think they'll work the FTR match earlier in the night so they can kind of spread out their two like biggest matches. And then they roll into Impact and work the Good Brothers match kind of later on in that show. But who knows? It's WrestleCon weekend, and that's what makes it fun is guys that are supposed to be in two places at once and how they make it work. Um, number three, Dickinson. Chris Dickinson, so he's only booked on three, Minoru Suzuki, Ishii, and Cardona. Um, Suzuki and Ishii probably be similar matches, just um, gore, beat, beating the shit out of each other. And then Cardona is probably going to be a goofy like WWE-style match, but um, Dickinson's going to soar in all of them, and we're just glad to have him back in the indies um, for this little stretch of time now. And then um, hopefully he gets over to Japan soon. He deserves it. Number two, Biff Busick. So... Suzuki, Moxley, Deppin, similar to Dickinson, but those are three kind of different because Suzuki is a straight match. Moxley is kind of similar to Suzuki in a way, but that's a blood sport, so it's going to have to be similar to a Suzuki match. And then Deppin will probably be more mat-based. Um, Biff, again, we're just happy to have him back in the indies, and I'm excited to see him work a Mania weekend again and kind of show his style to people that might only know him as Oni Lorcan. And then one... How do I not say the guy I've mentioned a hundred times already on this podcast? Speedball Mike Bailey. So, Yui Mura, Davey Richards, Alex Shelley, um, Switchblade Jay White, Effie, Bandito, PCO. The, a, a veritable who's who in wrestling. Those are seven ma- announced matches, and then he's got that unannounced match for Unsanctioned Pro. Go watch this guy's matches. Like I said, he was actually basically banned from the U.S. for five years. Um, I want to say it was 2016. He um, left the country after working in India in the U.S., and um, they, he didn't have a work visa, so he was never allowed back after that. So five years, he was kind of in, you know, prison of only being able to fly out of the country and not come to the U.S. from Canada. Like, I think he did shows in, like, Iceland and, like, Europe and stuff. But the Europe scene died, too, because WWE bought them all. So Speedball was kind of stuck waiting to get back in the U.S. He had a fucking awesome body of work before that, and now he's already put an awesome body of work together since then. So excited to see him back at a WrestleCon weekend. He will steal the show that he's on every show that he's on, which is a lot of them, guys. But if you see Speedball Mike Bailey on a show, do not miss the match he's in. It will be the best match of the show. I almost guarantee you that. Now, I'm going to close off with one thing, one thing early. If I was going to this show, or this weekend, I should say, what shows would I go to? I've been to seven Mania weekends. Um, last week, last year, I watched them all from home, and I had a really good time. Because, you know what? Watching it at home, you don't miss anything. You can watch anything. You might not be able to watch it all live, but you can turn around and watch it in pretty quick fashion if you do want to watch it. Now, what I would do for sure is I'd make sure I was there for Thursday. I would do Bloodsport and Spring Break because that's kind of what Mania Weekend feels like to me, Spring Break and Bloodsport. They've been the most fun shows you've been to. I mean, I would love to go to that WrestleCon Super Show, but you don't turn down Spring Break when it's an option for you, um, especially when, you know, you've got a match like um, 
John Wayne Murdoch and Alex Cologne, Moxley and AJ Gray, Janela and X Pac. Too fun. And I mean the matches at, at um Super WrestleCon Super Show are awesome. They're not as unique as those though. So we'll see. Um they're both gonna be awesome shows. I'll never say the WrestleCon Super Show is a bad show because it's always probably the best show every Mania weekend, but you I like having fun and I think the Spring Bake show would be more fun. Uh Friday, I would definitely do WrestleCon during the day and probably Make sure I hit that New Japan show, because I think that New Japan show might be the best overall card of the entire weekend. Um, and then I would probably just hang out all night and go back to spring break for the Clusterfuck at midnight. Um, clusterfuck, again, it's just too fun. If you've never watched one, watch it. It's just so goofy, so stupid, but you'll have a fun time, I promise. Saturday, I'd probably do NXT during the day. I'm a big fan of 2.0. I love what they're doing with that with that show. Um, I find it super entertaining, and I just think that those guys being able to do it in an actual arena, um, they're going to go all out. Um, seeing a guy like Walter against LA Knight is such a cool match. Uh, um, it's not something I knew I wanted to see until it was announced. Um, the tag match is going to be awesome. I think that that's just going to be a cool show, and I, I would love to go to that. And then I'd obviously do Mania both nights because that's why you're down there, right? I mean, the people that think they're too cool for Mania, hey, you know, power to you, but I love me some Mania. So uh, then Sunday I'd get the hell out of town as quick as I could on Monday. Let's put it that way. Um, by Monday, it's kind of like going to Vegas. You're just ready to get the hell out of there. But I hope I got you guys excited for this week ahead. I think that there's a lot of good stuff on these shows, man. Um, they are going to be able to rip the house off on a lot of these shows. The 21 I ran through in depth, um, I think there's something great to cool on all of them. And I think that there's probably something great in those other shows I didn't go over. Uh, so if you're going to Dallas, have fun. Uh, you can hit me up at on Twitter. It's at 13Rossi13. That's 13Rossi13. Um, if you're going to Dallas, let me know what you're going to. I'd love to hear it. And um, if you need any pointers on, on anything, I've been to seven of these guys. Let me know. Um, I would love to talk you through and live vicariously through your trip. So um, everybody, enjoy your Mania Week, whether you're at home or going down there. And uh, maybe I'll come back and review some of this stuff next week or the week after. I don't know. Let's see what Ryan's up to. Maybe since Ryan Gray's going down there, maybe we'll do like his first-hand account of things bouncing off my stuff from home that probably be cool cool viewing so hope you guys have a good one and i will catch you on the flip side whether it's Cronoso and daily or you know jumping in on somebody else's pod i'll be around for you guys Later.